preaching from Acts chapter 9 today, and if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to go to it, and if you've not heard Thursday, I believe it's Thursday's podcast with Brian Miller. Brian Miller uh, is a friend of mine from South America. He's raised in, in Cross Lanes, and uh, he, he has a ministry in, in Columbia, Medellin, that I've been to many times. And um, so one thing I'm excited about, and I want to tell you, and I'm going to work on this, and Bill Perot doesn't even know this yet, but I'm hoping they've lifted the uh, vaccine limitations in, in Columbia, and now I can go. And so I'm excited about going. So I'm hoping to go in February. So if anybody is interested in going, I'll get some prices. I love going in February because it's 80 degrees there and freezing cold here. And, uh, but uh, real excited about that. So if you're interested in a trip to Columbia, Medellin, South America, um, maybe we can pull that off for February of uh, next year. So real excited about that. Father, I thank you that you're going to help me today, and I glorify you, and I praise you for what you're doing and how you're helping me. And Jesus, I just give you glory and honor for it in Jesus' name. One thing I wanted to tell you about Brian, I had him on the show, on the podcast on, on Thursday. So if you have not heard that podcast, I encourage you to go listen to it because it piggybacks off of the revelation that God gave both of us uh, in Acts chapter 9 and verse 19. So what I'm going to talk to you about is I'm going to talk to you about Saul, and then I'm going to talk to you about Ananias because this is really some cool stuff. Say amen. Here we go. I'm going to dissect each scripture down because uh, it's really, uh, you, you really have to to be able to get the, uh, the, the whole principle of it. So, and Saul, now understand, not yet Paul, but Saul, yet breathing out threatening and slaughtery, slaughter, slaughter against the disciples of the Lord went to the high priest. So he went straight to the high priest. And you have to remember that the church was being added to daily. It was being added to daily. And so in Acts chapter 2 and verse 27, it says, Praise God, and having favor with all people, the Lord added to the church daily. Say daily. Such as they should be saved. So in verse 2, it says, And desired of him letters uh, to uh, Damascus, to the synagogue, that if he found any in this way, being Christians, followers of Christ, whether they were men, whether they were women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem because of being, them being Christians. So understand that Paul had a mission to destroy you and me. That's what his mission was. And, do, and, and the thing about it is, we're not persecuted yet, and I say yet because I don't know how far up it'll, it'll come, but I would say that at some point when you get a church that starts doing something, people are going to start criticizing 
and people are going to start persecuting. That's how it works. And so what happens is Saul has a mission. He goes to the synagogue. He is going to bring in, bound anyone that is in the way, one interpretation says. In the way. That would be where they were saved. So you have, to, you have to note, and let me give you something in, in the New Living Translation. Saul was asking the synagogue to cooperate with him in arresting any followers of Christ. <laughs> so when you think about this, and you think about someone getting ready to arrest you for being a follower of Christ, would there be enough evidence you have to think about that. Would there be enough evidence to be able to persecute you? I remember a couple of years ago, I was on my way to Columbus. <coughs> and I was going to take a flight test that morning. <coughs> a buddy that I had with me, he said, why are you driving so slow? It was 65 down Route 35. <coughs> and I said, well, I said, this is the, the, the speed limit, 65. <coughs> Excuse me. And I said, so that's what I'm going. It was foggy, it was rainy. And I thought, well, I stayed the speed limit. Next thing I know, the blue lights come on. <coughs> and they weren't mine. <coughs> and I'm being pulled over. And so I get pulled over, and so the, the lady comes out, she's a deputy sheriff. <laughs> and she says, do you know how fast you were going? I said, yes, I was going 65. <coughs> and she said, did you not see that sign in the back where it said construction zone ahead? <clears throat> I said, no, ma'am. I said, it's foggy. I said, is it lit up? And she said, no. And I thought well, to myself, I thought, well, how would I see it if it's not lit up? <clears throat> and so I got a ticket. And ended up flunking that flight test because I'd never had a, well, I had one ticket in a Frito-Lay truck years ago, but that had been a long time ago, and that was crazy too. And, and so, I, so I got a ticket. Well, so I started investigating what all was going on, and I even called the sheriff, who I knew of Putnam County. He said, John, this thing is political. He said, this whole thing right now is political. He said, there's nothing that we can do about it. He said, it's just, he said, there's been a lot of accidents right there. And I said, okay. So <clears throat> I fought it, went to court. And so the guy comes out, and he's very arrogant in the conversation that we had. He says, here's what we're doing if you choose to take our deal. He says, no points on your license, and it's $175. So I thought about that for a minute. And I said, and if I lose, he said, it's six points and $175. So they got me. So I took the deal. And, and I thought, well, because that's what he wanted. And so I saw the people coming out. And you know what I wanted to tell? And I know the woman. I know the woman who wrote me the ticket. I know her by name. What I wanted to tell her was this. I wanted to call her by name. And I said, if you knew how much our Winfield campus has given the Putnam County Sheriff's Department, you would have not wrote me a ticket. So we'll cut you off. 
We do fundraisers for them. Well, I, I've been down there and we've sung and we've had fundraisers for the Putnam County Sheriff's Department. But you know what I did? I just try to be a blessing to people. I went the very last day that I possibly could go to pay that ticket and paid it. And I, I mean almost to the last hour. But I thought about that and it really, it really got me because I had the opportunity. You say, what's this got to do with Saul? I had the opportunity to speed through there and I chose not to but, but I didn't know that I was speeding. I was really buffaloed. After she wrote the ticket, I said, let me, ask, let me ask you something. I said, can I pray for you before you go? She said, you want to pray for her? I said, yes. That's all I'd like to pray for you. And I wasn't mean. I, was, and I prayed a prayer for her. I prayed that the Lord would protect her and bless her and, and keep her. So what you have to do is you have to understand something here is sometimes to keep yourself from being arrested, you have to cooperate. So, my question to you is if the rubber met the road and it really got bad, would you deny Christ to keep yourself out of trouble? Or would you have enough evidence that they can convict you? This is coming. If the rapture doesn't take place, this is coming. I, I, a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm, I believe the rapture is going to happen before tribulation. Some people believe we're in the middle of tribulation. Some people are, are, uh, believe that it's at the end of tribulation that the church will be raptured out. Here's the thing. However way it happens, we need to be ready. And we need to have enough evidence. Here's what you need to do. You need to collect enough evidence on yourself that if you are persecuted, they've got enough evidence evidence that you are a child of God I shouldn't have to guess where you are with Jesus I shouldn't have to guess I have I should say yep that person yep you could take that person you could take that that person you could take that person no you can't take that person so he is in negotiation with the synagogue to cooperate to arrest any followers of Christ now verse 3 says this and as he journeyed he came near Damascus. Damascus is mentioned a lot within in the nineteenth or in the ninth chapter of Acts. And suddenly, say suddenly, there shined round about him a light from heaven. Now, when you think about Damascus, the capital of Syria, oldest capital in the world, fourth holiest city to Islam, two point seven million people. And he fell to the earth, which means Saul fell to the ground. He heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecute thou me? Verse 5 says, and he said, thou art, uh, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutes. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks now I looked up the the new King James version to find out what the interpretation of, of, of pricks means and it's it it actually is this it, it, and here's the def, definition of it to make a small hole in something with a sharp point piercing slightly so look what 
Look what Paul is, Saul is doing, and he's persecuting Jesus. And so what happens is we have to be careful who we persecute. We have to be careful who we talk bad about. We have to be careful what we say against people. Because what happens is it brings condemnation to the kingdom of God when we're bad-mouthing one another. It's one thing for an outsider to bad-mouth the church, but for the church to bad-mouth the church, that makes it even worse. And we see so much of that too. So he said in verse 6, And he trembled and astonished, saying, Lord, thou wilt have me to do. Now, Brian and I went back on the podcast, and we looked up what the word Lord meant. And it meant, in that scripture, Saul said, he said, Lord, he, he said it twice. So people may ask this question just like I did, and I asked Brian on the podcast, I said, I said, how did he know that it was Lord? And what he was saying, he said that he was talking to a person of authority. That's what the, that's what the scripture, as, he, as Brian dissected into it, that's what he said that it, that it was. So, so did Saul really know that it was Jesus up until the time that Jesus said he did? And Brian went back and researched it, and he just was using the word Lord as authority. As authority. He trembled and, and astonished, saying, Lord, what will thou have do with me? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what to do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. Church, you have to understand something, that we are in a supernatural relationship with the Lord. He walked through walls. He healed people. He walked on water. And, and we think, I had a person that used to sit about right in this section here when we had pews, who, who left a denominational church to start attending here. And the first time that I had a leading and that I called for something like the Lord sometimes will do, like, you know, whether it's, you know, something going on in somebody's body or whatever it may be. And, and the person told me after church, he said, I was with you until that. He said, you freak me out, I'm out of here. And he never came back. But you have to understand something through the process is that we are in a supernatural relationship with Jesus. And Jesus can do what he wants to. He can speak who he wants to. He can talk to who he wants to. This past week, I was telling Pastor Jay this on Friday. Um, Thursday, I have a doctor friend of mine. Uh, right after I, I was with Brian, um, I went to visit. And I walk in. I had an appointment. And I walked in. And um, he said, hey, what's going on? I booked an appointment and paid 45 bucks out of my pocket to go see him. And I said, I'm here because the Lord sent me here. The Lord spoke to me the day before to go see him. I went to go see him because I was on a mission. And here's what I told him. And we've had some great conversations. 
and, and, he, and he's a Christian. And I told him, I said, there, there's some things that you're thinking about, and I said, and, and I want you to know, the Lord says it's okay to move forward. And that's all I told him, and we went on to talk about some other things. And here's what he said to me, John. He said, I needed that today. Today I needed that. He said, I needed that today. You have got to quit saying that something spoke to you. That something is God. That something is God. That something is God that will speak to you. If you have a relationship with him, he'll speak to you. So he doesn't speak to me that way. Well, he wants to. He wants to. He cares about you. He loves you. So understand something that these people, that his entourage with Saul, the people that he's got around him, they're hearing a voice but seeing no man. And Saul rose from the ground and his eyes were open, yet he saw no man. But they led him by hand and brought him to Damascus. Tell me if Jesus doesn't have a way to humble us. When Jesus wants to get your attention as you continue to fool, uh, fool around and, and not serve him and do things that you're not supposed to do, you think that God doesn't see it, you think that you don't know, I mean, that he doesn't know, and it's going to hinder you. It's going to hinder your relationship with him. We have to believe that Jesus, when he wants to get your attention, he's going to get your attention. And in verse 9, he said, And he was three days without sight, and neither did he eat nor drink. Some believe that Saul was a very proud person and at this time, so Jesus had to give him a crash course on humility. Anybody in the house ever been there? Me, I have many, many times. My mentor, James Ashworth, used to tell me that the Lord will take you to the woodshed. Note that remember in Proverbs chapter 8, 13, the English Standard Version, it says here, the fear of the Lord is hated of evil. Pride and arrogance, the way of evil, persevereth speech that I hate. That's what God said. He hates it. He hates pride and he hates arrogance. That's why I never use a filter if I post a picture on Facebook or Instagram. I want people to know the real me. If I'm giving a sermon, if I'm doing anything, I don't go in and I don't doctor it. I don't plan on ever having a facelift. This is who I am. Why do we portray one thing but act another? Why do we do that? Is it due to the fact maybe we're a little bit insecure in who we are? But if we would find ourselves knowing who God is in our lives and become a disciple, let me tell you, this is what we have to understand is we are disciples for Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, I have to dissect this down, and then even as I'm, I'm giving it to you, I'm learning even more about it. In verse 10, 
Here's, here's, here's what we get into. We got nine, nine more verses. There was a certain disciple at Damascus, mentioned third time, named Ananias. He's a disciple. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. Now you've got Saul a few verses back who Jesus spoke to, and he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? But then you have a disciple named Ananias, and this is revelation for you today and, and for me today. He said, yes, Lord, what do you have me to do? He knew his voice. Although this is in a vision, he knew his voice. Let me tell you something. You have to learn his voice and when he speaks. This was in a vision. Ananias knew how to communicate with Jesus. Do you know how to communicate with Jesus? Verse 11 says this, And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire of the house of Judah for one called Saul of Tarsus. For, behold, he prayeth. The New Living Translation says that he is praying to me right now. He said he's praying to me right now. While I'm talking to you, he's praying to me right now. Oh, how the tides have turned. The tides have turned because this one guy, this one dude called Saul is now flat on his back. As you think through the process of this, here's what verse 13 says. Then Ananias answered the Lord and he said, I've heard many of this man. How much evil that he has done to the saints of Jerusalem. And here he has authority with the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. So, obviously... Jesus knows nothing about what Ananias is talking about. <laughs> he, he must not know anything. You, you know what it made me think of? How many loves Looney Tunes and Sylvester and Tweety? Anybody like any of those? I, I think of that one um, when, when Ananias gets that, gets that word and gets that vision of what he needs to do. It makes me think of Sylvester going, but, 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 he's trying to make an excuse of why I try to figure out why he needs to go do this. See, Ananias is seeing the power of man, but Jesus is seeing his power, the power of the church, which is you and me. So who has the authority now? Jesus is tipping this thing to go his way. See, we're the church, the most powerful identity that ever is. Please. If you're living wrong, don't use the word Christian in front of people because you're confusing them. 
If you're living one way and you're living like the devil over here, but to me you're trying to fool me, which you can't, and, and, and the fact is you say, okay, I'm a Christian, but yet you're living this way, you're making the church look bad. You're making God look bad. You're making, you're making yourself look bad. And guess what? You're bringing condemnation on the kingdom. Yes, can we mess up? Absolutely. Can we sin? We can. Should we? No. It should not be a goal of every day that you, that you are sinning. Mark chapter 16, 15 through 18. Here's what, here's what our calling is. <clears throat> Preach the gospel. Where are the signs and wonders? <clears throat> where are the signs and wonders? I'm talking about where are the signs and wonders of the church? Because signs and wonders will follow them that believe. <clears throat> the disciple Ananias was called to go into the danger zone. What he thought. And he said to Jesus, do you know this guy? And you want me to do what? Really? And Brian said something on, on, the, on the podcast the other day that I, I never forgot. And I was telling John Sandy about this this morning on the way up. How are you doing on the last thing that God wanted you to do? How are you doing on the last thing that God wanted you to do? Did you get it done? Did you get it complete? Or are you, uh, are you hoping that God forgot about it and you'll not have to go back to it? See, you have to understand something that God does not change his mission in your life whether you want to do it or not. You still need to do it. God meets you, John Sandy said this uh, in, in today's uh, connect group, Christy and I were talking about it the other day, God meets you at your last place of obedience. Wherever you were obedient last, that's where you take off, that's where, that's where you, you move forward, at the last place of your obedience. How many people, how many doctors, how many people are waiting on you to come and see them? How many people are waiting for you to say, man, I really need a word from heaven today. I was a messenger to this doctor. Well, something told me to go see him. No, something didn't tell me to go see him. God told me to go see him. And it was timely that he needed that. What I want to do is allow that experience to, to, to be an experience for you. If you've not been on some of the prayer calls, mercy, mercy, mercy you don't need Sunday morning you just need to get on a prayer call because they're powerful I mean awesome just what God is doing just how powerful God is God will meet you at the last place of your obedience and I want to ask you how are you doing on the last thing that God wanted you to do here's what verse 15 says but the Lord said unto him Go thy way. He's talking about Saul. Here's what he said to Ananias. He is a chosen vessel unto me. 
He is a chosen vessel unto me. Personal. Verse 15. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way. He is a chosen vessel unto me. And bear my name before the Gentiles and the king and the children of Israel. When you define what a chosen vessel is, it's, a, it's having privileges that a believer in Christ has an identity and is defined. <coughs> I'm defined. I'm defined. Are you defined? I heard Pastor Wright say uh, not long ago, we went, to, we went to hear him. He did a four-part series on the gifts of the Spirit. And by the way, he will be preaching Sunday morning next week. I'm excited that Pastor Wright will be here. He's one of our mentors, and you will love him. Pastor the biggest church in West Virginia, and he's coming to Gasway, West Virginia next, uh, next Sunday morning. Think of this. Somebody said to him one time, he says, I don't, he says, who do you think you are? And the guy said, and, and Pastor Wright said, well, I know who, who I am. Obviously, you don't know who I am. <laughs> you know, you've got to know who you are in Christ. And quit sulking around in sorrow and, and, and moaning around you know, because you can't seem to get it right or things continue to happen in your life. And you say, man, you're a child of the Most High God. The church should walk in the, the utmost authority over anything, including the White House, Congress, the Senate. The church is it. And Jesse Duplantis preached a message not long ago, and he said, yep, and the church is just sitting there watching it happen. Not doing anything to fix it. Paul, Saul, is a chosen vessel. Do you think you're a chosen vessel? Yep. It's time to be that chosen vessel. Because God's waiting on you to get it right. He's going back to the, to go back to the place where you were last obedient and, and leave off there and begin there. And learn your own identity. Learn the identity of who you are in Christ. So let me ask you this. Are people confused with your identity? Are people confused with your identity? What you're posting on Facebook or who you're friending on Facebook is that is your identity different from, I got to be honest with you. I haven't seen, probably in my life, within the church, so much sex outside of marriage than what I'm seeing today. People just, uh, John, the only way I could say it is people are whoring around in the church, waiting on the next leg. I mean, really. And I hear about it. And I'm thinking, Lord God, Barb, I wasn't allowed to do that. I'd like to know how these other people can get away with it, and I never could. 
Not that I would do it. But yet, I think people are confused with the identity of the church. Because <coughs> if we're out doing things that we're not supposed to do, but yet, you know, we're in church on Sunday. Well, I went to church. And, and, and I had somebody tell me one time, they said, that person goes to church? Really? And it was here. I'm thinking, please don't wear your Pulse t-shirt, man. Please don't. So are people confused with who you are? Because you're a chosen vessel. God used Saul to write 13 books of the New Testament and to start 14 churches. The vision that God's given me is to start four. We're working on the third one coming up. Number five, number two is celebrating its fifth anniversary today. Thank you, Jesus. And, 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 and when you think about this and you think about what God wants to do, he's got a mission and a vision for you because you're a chosen vessel. So what are you not doing for Christ? Here's a statement that I want to share with you. I believe that some of us are waiting for the world to define you instead of what God says. You're looking at what the world would say. You know, if somebody likes your post, then that brings validation to you. Um, and, and if you post this picture, then, then that brings validation to you. You know, to, to what the world says. But, but what does God say about you? What does God say about you? He cares about you. Let me give you another statement. If the world accepts you, then I would say you're probably not a follower of Christ. Are you with me? I would say if, you're, uh, if, you, if the world accepts you, my Lord, the church doesn't even accept a lot of us. But if you think about that, at least if you could, if the world accepts you, you know obviously that you're doing something wrong. When Dustin first started coming to the church, back when Doug was here, Dustin uh, has, uh, has a ministry in Glenville. Uh, he asked his brother Gary this. He said, what church are people bad-mouthing the most in Braxton County? And Gary said that would be the Pulse. He said, I want to go there. And I, and I just absolutely, Dustin and I have been, and we went to Summersville one time, and mercy, went to a guy's house on drugs, and... Um, I'm telling you, it was powerful. I love doing ministry with Dustin. But if the world accepts you, are you really following Christ? Because listen to what Matthew chapter 5, 10, and 11 said. It says, blessed are you that are persecuted for righteous sake, righteousness sake. For there is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revel against you, persecute you, 
and shall say all manners of evil against you falsely for my sake. When I read that, I said, my Lord, I'm the most blessed man in the world. Because I've had every bit of that. So I'm blessed. We're doing the right thing. Let me tell you something. Jonathan Shuttlesworth, and I hope to get him down for a revival someday out of Pittsburgh. You you ain't going to be the same (laughs) when he gets here. But I will tell you this. He said, if you're not being shot at, then you're not over the target. And it's the truth. Verse 16 says this, for I will show him how great things he must suffer in my name. Paul, Saul, he sends Ananias because he's a chosen vessel, and then he tells him in verse 16, he doesn't tell him, he doesn't say, man, I'm going to show Saul that he's going to have a beach house in Arizona. He's going to drive a nice fancy car. He's going to have all kinds of money and women. He's a chosen vessel that's going to go through some things. He says, for I want to show him how great (coughs) things must suffer for my name's sake. Paul's suffering. All right, let's talk about it. His message was rejected. He was beaten and stoned. He was thrown into prison. Most of the New Testament was written in prison. He was deserted by his close friends. He was shipwrecked. And he was bitten by a viper. That's crazy. Verse 17. And Ananias went his way, entered into the house, putting his hands on him, saying, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way that I comest, has sent me, that thou might receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. So not only did he get his sight, but he also got the Holy Ghost. That's pretty powerful. That tells you and me that before we go out and do ministry, we need the Holy Ghost. We have got to have the Holy Spirit in us to be able to to do ministry. And immediately, here's that word again, there fell from his eyes, as a bed scales, and he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. This is what we need to be doing. This is the locker room experience. (coughs) This is where you learn it, then you go out and share it. Because this is what the church needs to be doing. This is Luke chapter 10, starting at verse 18. This is talking about the 70. And when Jesus said to this, he said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. 
Verse 19, Behold, I give unto thee power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Stop bragging on the devil. Start bragging on Jesus. Verse 20, Notwithstanding that this rejoice not that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice that your name is written in heaven. So not, there's two things here. You have power over all the enemy and that the, spir- the spirits are subject to you. So would you rather move in faith or fear? Would you rather move in faith or fear? And then verse 19 says this. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain day with his disciple, which were in Damascus. Now, then let me let me show you one more ver- one more verse, and then, then we we can go. And I thought about this while I was driving up the road this morning. Chosen vessel. Verse twenty. Listen to this. And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogue that he is the Son of God. Just before, in several verses before, he's got the dudes in the synagogue on his side. That they're going to bound up the Christians and now he's preaching in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe persecution is coming. I don't know how much of it we'll experience, but here's the thing. You only experience persecution if you're doing something. If you're acting like the world, you're not going to be persecuted, but if you act like Jesus, you will be because people are going to lie on you, cheat on you, and all that kind of stuff, but you just got to get used to that because that's just the way it is. Paul, not long after that he was preaching in the synagogues, they were plotting to arrest him, and they did. But now we have the New Testament because Paul is a chosen vessel. You're a chosen vessel. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Jesus, for being here today with us, Lord. And Lord, thank you for this sermon. Thank you for what you're doing in people's lives. And I just uh, ask, Father God, that people that are dealing with things today, Father, that they could bring it to the altar. And God, I just praise you and I love you, God, for what you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have a need today, come and ask Jesus to help you. Are you, where you need to, are you where you need to be with Jesus today? Would you come? If you're not where you need to be with him. We serve a great God. Step out today. Accept him. You say, well, how do I do that?
come and you pray and you ask him to say, Father, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life and live. In Jesus' name. You can do it at an altar. You can do it at your seat. But then the key to it is to tell somebody. You're a chosen vessel. It's time to learn what God wants you to do. And then to do it. Don't confuse the world by who you are. Many people will cuss around their friends and put their halo on when they come to church. Are you that person? Do you live one way outside of the four walls and then live another way in the four walls? I pray the Lord changes your heart. God wants to do big things in this church, in your life, in this city, in this state. You knew today that you would die and go to hell. If that was you today, there's time for you to change. Ask him to forgive you. such a great God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> God is so faithful. I pray you have a great day in Jesus' name. Be blessed. See you next week.